And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premier podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. I always forget that the camera's on and I can't make faces <laughs> when, I'm, uh, when, I, when I'm doing this uh, the preamble. <laughs> and uh, I just close my eyes. <laughs> And put my head down as if, as if I was just just so angry. <laughs> like oh, I gotta do this again. Episode two sixty one, Constitutional's podcast. What's going on? I'm recently. I have this. I have a. I have a. Uh, uh, I have a lot of note taking apps, and one of the apps I have is Notion, and that is the most intricate one. That I currently use, and I have a section called what I have a, a notion note pad I guess that's what they call it I don't I don't know what they call it but I have an entire database that is called watching and it's split up into genres it's uh the platforms where to watch and it's and then under that it's just a a, a, a true excel table of the, the what to watch so it's got a, a it's got three things three excuse me it's got three check boxes four tables watched rewatch and current and then uh, there's a title where to watch it the genre all that and then I felt you can filter it out into current you can filter out into expiring uh, what's expiring from the services the TV shows the movies everything watch and then rewatch uh, and I, ch- I typically keep it on current and then I have what shows are there and everything um, and anyway so that's how I organize on how to watch stuff and when to watch, not when to watch it, but how to watch it and like what I'm watching right now. Because often I forget, you know, Rami is on here and I've been watching Rami. I like truly I have been getting through very slowly, but surely, but it's been on here for a minute. Uh, same thing with This Way Up season two. I've already I saw season one when it came out and then season two came out and then I was just like, uh, I'm not really feeling this right now. Um, so I put that aside for the past year, but it's still been on my current list. I move thing. I move other things off here, but those are the shows like I'm meaning to watch. But Yellow Jackets just came back, so I threw Yellow Jackets on there, and then also it shows that uh, I that are old. Let me look. I'm looking for a show that's old. <laughs> Hold on, Fargo season four. That's fairly old, uh, but I had to stop halfway. I didn't have to. I wanted to stop halfway through that season. Deadwood's on there. Uh, Behind her eyes. That's a show I started. And I did not finish, but the but the there's things on there. It's only it's only 28. I try to keep it below 30 because uh, it's just hard to keep up with things. Anyway, Yellowstone was on there. All that to say is Yellowstone was on there. I've yet to start the timer, and 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 since Yellowstone is on there, uh, I had to watch it because I was in a cowboy mood, uh, which is why Deadwood was on there, and I finished Yellowstone. I caught up. There were, I truly, I mean, look, there were points where I was watching Yellowstone and I was doing Peloton classes. Uh, I would, I would watch, you know, two episodes of Yellowstone and do Peloton classes and just have Yellowstone, like basically almost on mute. <laughs> that show, like, I, I think that show is a great show. I think the character of Beth Dutton is written, was written by a 15 year old who has never seen what a woman like what and even like even like they wanted her to be badass they like they they it still doesn't feel authentic versus a show that aired i think two weeks or a week after yellowstone aired succession they both they both started at the exact same time and 
if the rumors are true, they'll, they're both ending this year. Succession is definitely ending in a couple of weeks. But uh, if the rumors are true about Yellowstone, it'll be ending either this year or next year. Um, and they're both about, you know, the finding an heir to your to the to the father's business. Shiv is a much better character. She's much better written. And she's like Beth. We find out why Beth is the way she is. Uh, I would say probably too late. I think you find out in season three. Uh, and you and you find out why she treats one of her brothers like garbage. But it doesn't... There's no reason why she should continue to act that way, you know, towards the world. Like, she acts like she hates the world. It's just like, it doesn't feel real for a woman her age to act like a petulant child. And it, and it gets old real fast. Season one, you go, oh, this is a broken woman, and... And I hope that we, I hope that things get better for her. But season, the come season three, you're like, like man, you can't, you can't still be mad at him. Like, what, what did this person do? What did this person do? Come on, why are you so mean? Like, yeah, she's only nice to one person, her father. No, she's nice to two people, her father and one of her brother's um, wives. And she never says anything, uh, uh, of course, to the to that wife. Anyway, so I finished Succession, caught up on it, baby. All right, let's see. Let's do the news. Uh, Meta shut down Facebook Watch this past week. We're going through a bunch of layoffs for the for the entertainment industry, for the technology industry, and we are seeing things that typically would do well, like well enough, I guess, for the companies uh, at and their during their time periods. Um, uh, you know, a couple years ago when they were probably at their heights. But now when when a company needs to get rid of something that's a little bit superfluous, then they might as they might as well. We are uh, we're seeing at case in point, we're seeing uh, BuzzFeed News is gone. We uh, Vice News is going to have is shuttering uh, Vice News tonight, which is their nightly uh, show, as well as a uh, new show rather. And as well as Waypoint, which is their gaming thing their gaming periodical um, uh, or sister site. And now Facebook is getting rid of Facebook Watch Originals Group and the show Red Table Talk, which is hosted by Jada Pinkett Smith and uh, Willow and Jada Pinkett Smith's mom, whose who's name I, I don't know and is not listed in this article. It just, it just says Red Table Talk hosted by Jada Pinkett Smith. I don't – I know Facebook was very – like prepared to to make shows for Facebook Watch, we saw just a ton, a ton of excuse me, Meta. Meta was very prepared to make shows for Facebook Watch, but we saw uh, uh, them try a lot. I think most notably we saw. Uh, let's see, Elizabeth Olsen had a show which was Emmy nominated. Sorry for your loss, and that is huge for a for that show to be Emmy nominated from Facebook Watch and for this A-list actress to do this show like I I think that is that's a huge 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 step um and 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 you know it's just the same thing for Apple TV to have Ted Lasso I'm not going to put Sorry for Your Loss and Ted Lasso on the same level cuz I've never seen Sorry for Your Loss but I've seen I saw the trailer I I read about it and I know that that show 
was a, a big stepping stone for Facebook Watch really to be taken seriously when it comes to, I put, I did quotes, uh, when it comes to, to this TV thing. I don't know if they set aside a billion dollars like Apple did. I think it was a billion for, uh, for, for yeah, yeah, a billion for, uh, for, ugh, I hate this word, content. I'm, <laughs> this is, <laughs> I shouldn't say this. I met up with somebody, um, who was like, hey, help me with this project. And I knew it wasn't going to be paid or anything, but he kept referring to things as content and calling, you know, calling himself and me a content creator. And I was just, and I kept going, well, you know, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it like that. I just, you know, I'm just doing this, this. <laughs> Not that there's anything negative about it, but I just don't, there's, there's something in this influencer based driven world where people, just calling it content, gr- grouping things up like that, and calling it things or content, uh, I, th- I, I believe, I feel, takes away from it, takes away from his power, and you're just kind of, you know, I could, I could say like, I've got a whole bunch of crap on my desk, and then people are just gonna be like, oh, well, it's just messy. I'm like, no, I mean, it's a, it's a thing I have. Anyway, oh, whatever. It's just a bunch of stuff I have. Well, okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. Meta is closing it down. None of the Facebook Watch originals are coming back for new seasons. Moving forward, Meta's... Oh, excuse me. Now, this comes from Variety, written by Todd Spangler. Let me get back to where I was. (laughs) I don't know where I was. Meta's entertainment team is focused on creating virtual reality experiences and Meta Horizon worlds that can also be accessed across Facebook, Instagram, Messenger. They got... I mean, that's a big downgrade. That's a huge downgrade. We... we, uh, It's just... That's like you know Spotify saying, "Hey, we're not doing music anymore, but we will do we will do uh, theme songs <laughs> for your favorite shows that are old." You guys like Jag? We're gonna give you a, a a new Jag theme song. We're gonna give you a new Columbo theme song. We're only gonna do shows from previous prior to nineteen ninety nineteen eighty. Um, uh, mash. We're gonna give you a new mash. Cause suicide is painless. It brings on many va- changes, and I can take or leave it if I please. Um, with the shutdown of Facebook Originals, Facebook Watch Originals, Mina Laferve, head of the development and programming for the group, is leaving the company. She joined in 2017 after serving as MTV's head of scripted development. At Meta LeFerve reported to Ricky Van Veen, VP of Creative Strategy. Obviously, we know Meta is uh, getting rid of jobs left and right. They are trying. They laid off 11,000 people at the end of 2022. They've got to cut 10,000 jobs right now, and they're going to cut more jobs later in the year. Facebook watches shows included. Okay, so here we have numbers for sorry for your loss. I'm on a different article right now, and I don't want to mention it. But <laughs> uh, sorry for your loss. Had about 75 million daily watch viewers. I think they're that's probably going to be a total thing. But we also had uh, four original series: Kerry Washington's Five Points, Hudda Katan's reality show Hudda Boss, fairy tale inspired anthology series Sacred Lies. 
Oh, here's the thing. Okay, here here's the actual number for it. Uh, Facebook Watch launched in August 2017. It has more than 400 million users globally per month with at least one minute on watch, up from 50 million in the U.S. prior to the worldwide rollout. On a daily basis, over 75 million Facebook users spent at least one minute on watch. Those are the Netflix the Netflix things. Oh, three, 40, 40 million people watch three minutes of one episode of Stranger Things. It's the biggest show we've ever had. They spent, uh, on average, they spend more than 20 minutes streaming on Facebook Watch. Well, I mean, and, and those numbers are nothing to balk at, especially if it's an online thing. Uh, but we just have to put it into the, in, into how, you know, to numbers that people can understand. Red Table Talk was big, though. It did have a million, 11 million followers and uh, had an active Facebook discussion group with 600,000 members. I don't, I mean, and then there was a spinoff, uh, Red Table Talk, the Estefans. I don't, I'm not entirely sure if, if, if this, how money was brought in for Facebook Watch. I mean, I can only assume ads, uh, but, and, and I don't know if this VR, AR thing is really going to take off for them. And I don't, I mean, we've seen, we've said, we've seen the Horizon Worlds thing not do well and it's buggy and it's just not an interface that people are a grant upon, uh, but I don't know if VR is the if, is the next option for them, and they, and they shouldn't turn so hard into this. People people love the red table talk, for instance. People want to hear these discussions, and then also, I mean, even look at the six hundred thousand Facebook group have discussions. That's bigger than you know some of the most popular subreddits, Twitters, Twitter groups. So they turned hard into this VR thing. They have a free app for MetaQuest called the MetaQuest uh, Horizon Worlds, Meta Horizon Worlds, whatever. They have, sir, slamming the dumpsters, I guess. I don't know. They launched VR specials and series, including the notorious B.I.G. Sky's the Limit, an AR concert experience. Jesus Christ in heaven. The Shacktacular Spectacular, a New Year's Eve countdown special hosted by Shaquille O'Neal. Other things I don't I don't want to keep reading. Uh, yeah, I mean, is this a good move for them? Is this something that that is going to help them in the long run? You know, we're seeing so we saw we're seeing a a bunch of fifteen percent layoffs at BuzzFeed, Lionsgate laid off three percent, Clubhouse. If you remember them, they are the app that blew up in the pandemic. Mostly because they everybody was shut in at home, and they had to and and, and the and the what the company was was um, uh, Clubhouse was an invite only app experience where uh, oh god you 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 basically it was like live audio people could have their live audio chats and people could follow along and remember I like I remember Clubhouse blew up it was this whole big thing Twitter Facebook. Everybody started copying them. Spotify, even with their Spotify Live app, which just recently was was killed. Um, it, uh, I mean, Clubhouse blew up, and then and then now, I, the, I think the thing that killed them. And I remember I, I read I read this story earlier this week, and I and this is I, I will always go back to this. The thing that killed Clubhouse 
is that it was invite only and they remain that way and they didn't open up and they didn't bring in ads soon enough. I mean, the, the, the thing is you want users open up. TikTok didn't be, and, and it should have, it should have teamed up with uh, TikTok or Twitter or something else. But uh, it, in order for it to be successful, you have to have users. And if you are going to be invite only, then no one's going to use it. Snapchat shuttered its originals group last summer. YouTube does not have original productions anymore with the exception of uh, just a handful of things that it does. And we're, now we're seeing this, this, again, streaming is changing. Hey, speaking of ads I mentioned earlier, how much money, this comes from Cord Cutters News written by Luke Buma. How much money does Roku make from showing you ads? According to Roku, they make on average $40.67 per user every year. This comes from the first quarter 2023 earnings. Uh, in Q1, Roku uh, grew active accounts by $71.6 million globally. Excuse me, $71.6 million globally. Sequential net ads of 1.6 million were uh, above net ads in Q1 2022 in the U.S. Our active ad accounts were approaching half of all broadband households. This unmatched sale is the foundation of both. Okay, whatever. So Roku was pulling in about forty dollars per person per user for its for uh, uh, for ads and stuff. That is, uh, that's a number that we've never seen before, uh, but now that we have these, um, excuse me, that's a style of number they've ever seen before, coming from a streaming service, because Netflix will never never mention how many how much it pulls in like that, Apple will never do that, HBO will never do that, excuse me, Max, Max will never do that. I think it's, uh, now, now we're going to get to a point where we have these free ad-supported places the fast networks the the free ad supported streaming services uh like Tubi, like pluto and i mean even then pluto and Tubi, they're owned by by major companies who don't have to report that type of thing or who, who probably won't report that type of thing but we but seeing seeing it as a solid number forty dollars per person 40 almost 41 dollars per person uh definitely puts into a, a seriousness of how how you know how much ads really mean to them uh it's the the number is down from the third quarter of 2022. It was at $44.01 then. Roku had about $635 million in revenue. And that came most of that came from ad sales versus the sale of new streaming players. I mean, so even I mean, you can you can have five Roku devices in your home. You can have two new ones and three old ones. And that doesn't really put a dent in their bottom line versus you actually using the Roku channel to watch something. Now, I do use the Roku channel, but only to watch things like uh, the uh, the Reno 911 program that's over there now, the new versions. They, they bought up Quibi stuff. Uh, they need to be like you can access Samsung uh, streaming, Samsung free. I think that's what it's called. Samsung free. You can access... Uh, Pluto TV, you can access Tubi. You you can access all of these streaming services on separate devices. Roku channel you can only use on Roku, and and I mean with also with that, Roku channel is an app 
that you can download to your iPhone and your Android, but also Android phone, but also uh, you have to go through like three different menus just to watch something because it, it asks you multiple times, hey, do you have a Roku device? Do you not have a Roku device? Are you sure you want one? <laughs> and then you finally get to be able to watch Reno 911 on your iPad and then you have to Apple Air share it to the TV. Air share it. That might be the title for the episode. I it's it is just I we we'll, we're gonna see Roku grow. It is probably the number one consumer streaming device in and around the the globe. And I and you know um, I don't know what these these numbers mean for the long run for the for for the others, but I I do think it'll be important to have a little bit more transparency when it comes to what you're seeing, what what they what they get for ads per user. But that's a great great little breakdown. All right, let's move on to the oh uh, yeah the last topic, no second to last topic. Let me move this up really quick. Okay, so I've got one more thing before the last topic. This comes from The Hollywood Reporter written by Winston Cho and Katie Kilkenny. Studios sold Wall Street on cost-cutting, but unions are a tougher task. We're seeing a lot of um, uh, uh, layoffs, as I mentioned before, and and basically, you know, you see Warner Bros. Discovery getting rid of shows or canceling things or selling you know, the the next Batman animated show to Amazon Prime or selling you know, a, 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 another show to another streaming service, uh, even though they're still going to be producing it. And and that's and they're just trying to write off whatever what or write down whatever kind of uh, oh God, what is the word I'm looking for? They're just trying to write up, not trying to spend as much money on shows and movies as they as they have to as they want to really. And, and that tells investors that, hey, we can still make things, but we're going to do it right because we're not going to be able to spend as much money. And we don't want to spend as much money because we need money or we want money rather. But, but because they're trying to appease investors, they're, they're sort of pushing away the people that make the shows and the movies for them. I.e., the writers, the producers, the singers, the the uh, the the editors, the directors, everybody. That's what we're seeing with the Writers Guild, who said that they they will go even though they're in negotiations for new contracts with the studios, with the motion, uh, uh, the motion picture and television producers and all that stuff, even though they're in labor contracts. And I mean, talks and they're in negotiations. Everybody they authorize, you know, over ninety percent, ninety five percent authorization for a strike. The industry wide belt tightening started last year as part of Warner Bros. Discovery's chase for three point five billion dollars in cost savings after saddling itself with fifty billion dollars in debt to finance the mer- its merger. You know, it's interesting. Um, the EU blocked Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard, but Warner Brothers Discovery, Disney Fox, a lot of those just eked through. Even though there was opposition to it, a lot of those just kind of eked through, which is stupid. 
Production executives are feeling the pressure. Budgets are getting tighter. Uh, the Late Late Show we're seeing, James Corden just ended that show this week, and it makes uh, financial sense for for that show to be axed completely and them to bring back at midnight because it is cheap to do, cheaper. And as I was watching, and I'll talk about this on Late Night Lately, but as I was watching um, uh, the last episode of The Late Late Show, all I could think was, this show doesn't cost that much. <laughs> no offense to them, but I've seen a lot of The Late Late Show, and this show doesn't cost that much, with the exception of when they go out onto the crosswalk and they do things like, they, and they do carpool karaoke, and, and just big, big budget things. Other than that, I mean, come on. During his current talks, the WGA, the first major union to negotiate with top companies this year in discussions that will likely set a precedent for other unions, has argued that the entertainment industry has, over the long term, been on an upswing, increasing a total revenue from 155 to $220 billion in the past decade. While the industry's investment in streaming has, quote, had a short-term impact on company profits, and Wall Street has recently penalized burgeoning streamers that don't profit, don't turn a profit, the companies have demonstrated time and again that they can and will capture that value created by writers, the Guild wrote in a recent report. And it, that is true. You know, the writer often gets the, uh, doesn't, doesn't get the, what they need and, and, ter- and deserve in terms of the, um, I, mean, I mean, kind of the reparations when it, when it comes to a show. And movie. We're seeing big names. David Zaslov. Bob Iger. We're seeing what they make. Ted Sarandos. While people are getting laid off and take the hit. Or don't get the recognition. You know, I like... And look, I like I like, I like Aga. <laughs> I like Bob Iger. But he's taken home... Dozens of millions of dollars. I think almost a six-figure salary. Let me see. Bob Iger salary. $27 million annually. Wow. Base, pal- base salaries pay of $1 million and a bonus equal. Wow. Okay. Anyway. $27 million. What did, let me see what David Zaslov got. David Zaslov salary. My man took home 30, $39 million in 2022. Wow. Which is apparently down considerably from the staggering figure he hit the year prior. Thanks to a massive $203 million stock option. And yet. We're seeing budget decreases. A major company's top executive production executive notes that a network used to spend ten million to eleven million per episode, and now they want that to be seven to eight million instead of sixteen hour shoot days, which is still dangerous. We they're now we're seeing ten to twelve hours. They're trying to do things faster, smarter, lighter, not smarter, faster and lighter, and. I mean, for the in the long run, is this going to help out? We're going to see things that, you know, uh, shooting things in London, shooting things in uh, across the world, 
maybe that takes a turn back. Anyway, they have to prove, studios have to prove that there's, I mean, there's more to this than, than the money thing. It's a lot about respect. But in telling Wall Street, hey, we can do, we're going to do this cheaper and we're going to save you guys money and in turn it's going to make us all more money because people will go see the next Spider-Man or the next Indiana Jones. Then they're telling the writer, the director, the producer, the editor, the actor that you all don't matter as much. All right, and finally, this one comes, this is going to be a doozy. I haven't done I haven't done a long form one like this in a minute. Popular ebooks are being updated and it stinks. And it shows who really owns your classic literature. This comes from New York Times written by Leji Ugu. It's their content. You're just licensing it. If you haven't seen uh, the news as of late, Popular 20th century authors, including uh, Roald Dahl, who wrote uh, the Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. I think that's what it's called, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. R.L. Stein and Agatha Christie, because it's not Charlie and Chocolate Factory. It's Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Or Willy Wonka. I don't know. Anyway, R.L. Stein and Agatha Christie. Uh, and, they're, and they're going back and changing the, the, con, the things, small things, small contexts within the literature itself. Uh, a Kindle reader of uh, Roald Dahl's Matilda watched a reference to Joseph Conrad disappear. Owners of Stein's Goosebumps books lost mentions of schoolgirls' crushes on a headmaster and a description of an overweight character with at least six chins. What a great description. Racial and ethnic slurs were snipped out of books and everything. And while that is, while it's fine to be sensitive to people's um uh, uh today to, to to the to the to the world of today you're especially if you own a digital version of a book you 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 bought that thing and you are entitled to i don't want to say entitled but you should you might get fine you are entitled to having uh the the actual the true the part the 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 intent of what the writer wrote down Now, this kind of goes along the lines of, uh, um, and unfortunately, I'm not saying they were right, but this kind of goes along the lines of what Fox News was talking about with uh, the, oh God, what is it? The um, Dr. Seuss books when they, when they changed all of the, you know, oh, well, hold on. They just, they just took those out of print though. Dr. Seuss out of they just took those out of print, if I'm correct. Yeah, six Dr. Seuss titles deemed hurtful and wrong were taken out of print. It includes The Cat's Quizzer, If I Ran the Zoo, uh, and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, Scrambled Egg Super, McGilligot's Pool, and On Beyond Zebra. Now, so those were taken out of print because of the racial things in there. Uh, let me see what his daughter says. Let's see... She speaks out. No one has ever tried to hide them or dismiss them. They're out there. And with all my heart, I wish they were not out there. Okay. So she wants them gone. But that's different. They're not changing what those books say. 
there, but the digital versions are being changed. Uh, now, now that's happened before. We've seen it happen before. If you remember back in 2017, this comes from Collider, written by Matt Goldberg. Sony uh, wanted to provide clean versions of its movies for home entertainment. So movies like Step Brothers, Easy A, Ghostbusters, Grown Ups, Moneyball, Spider-Man movies. They wanted to take those from the PG and, and edit those down to PG. Excuse me. They want to take those from PG-13 and re-edit those for uh to uh to pg for a clean version for family-friendly viewing i mean even if it's pg they wanted to release 24 total movies with the clean versions for no charge for people who already own them digitally on itunes voodoo and fandango now which is now just voodoo so itunes and voodoo they want those, so those edited. It's basically the airplane versions of movies. The stuff with all the, the sex scenes cut out, the uh, the um, the dirty words cut out, and guess what? People didn't want that to happen. People got so mad. Seth Rogen was one of them. <laughs> This comes from The Hollywood Reporter and uh, Pamela McClintock and Mia Galupo. Same year, June, June 2017. Seth Rogen criticized Sony's plans to release the clean versions of films. Uh, he said, holy bleep. <laughs> Please don't do this to our movies. Thanks. I, I it, it makes me... And then here's a quote from... Sony's home entertainment group. The clean version allows viewing for wider audience, giving people the chance to watch their favorite films together. Films of all ratings can be adapted to clean versions. However, the extent of such adaption can vary. Jesus. Adaptation, excuse me. Uh, it, I mean, it is just, it is, that is such a tone deaf way to like to change a book, to change a movie from its original intent of being just a, a thing to entertain or inform it is, it is, I mean, just mind-numbingly stupid. That, again, that is different from taking it out of print because it had a bunch of racial epithets or depictions of people. I remember specifically one of those Dr. Seuss books has a depiction of an Asian person, uh, I, excuse specifically a Chinese person, I believe, uh, and it is just, I was going to describe it, and then I realized I should not. <laughs> but it was, it is, I mean... It is. It should not be out there. Same thing with. Um, this is not. This is not uh, uh, cleaning up anything. But it is taking away those statues, those Confederate statues, or renaming. I saw on PBS NewsHour. There's a story about military bases being renamed from Confederate generals to uh, 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 people of color and women who have served in the military, and that's great. I love that idea. That's the most beautiful thing I've heard of all week. Anyway, a couple of days later, this comes from Entertainment Weekly, Nick Romano. Sony Entertainment backtracks on backtracks on clean movie plan after director backlash. I believe, uh, along with Seth Rogen, a lot of people, uh, including Judd Apatow, uh, spoke out about it. Uh, and it looks like the director of, Directors Guild of America did the same thing. So that was gone. So they were going to do that. And no, I don't think anyone was for it. I can't even see, like I I don't see the reason. 
I don't want to, if I'm going to watch, if I have a, a 10 year old and they want to see Step Brothers, I'll show them Step Brothers. <laughs> and I'll just go, hey, don't say these words. I, you have to be a good parent. I mean, it just, it just doesn't make sense. Anyway, they discontinued it. But that doesn't mean the practice is still not happening. This comes from Brian Welk over at IndieWire. This is from November 2022. Mark Wahlberg's Father Stu resurrected as PG-13 movie for December re-release. I didn't even know this was happening. I didn't know Father Stu was an R-rated movie. (laughs) And it's called Father Stu Reborn. It's the same movie. The new film... Is called Father Stu Reborn. While the original film released uh, in April of 2022 ahead of the Easter holiday was dinged with an R rating for language throughout, the new cut still features language and accident scene, sexual references, and some violence and smoking, which is which is what they're saying is fine for a family. It opened December 9th. Uh, and... I mean, oh, again, oh, so this is a Sony movie. Wow, of course, they still want to do this. is a, oh, my God, it is so stupid. Rosalind Ross wrote and directed Father Stew, and it stars Mark Wahlberg, and the true story of Father Stuart Long, who went from an ex-con boxer to reinventing himself as a priest and finding redemption. It also stars Mel Gibson, Jackie Weaver, and Teresa Ruiz. I don't understand... Why the, this? This is all the information they have. I don't understand why this movie was recut and released for Christmas. Uh, I don't know if it was a uh, a play for the Oscars, but this this does not help your case in any form or fashion. And I think just the way maybe let me see um, box office mojo. I want to type in Father Stew, and I want to see if it even performed. First of all, I want to see if it's uh, in here. Okay, so it is. It is. I mean, the only the originals in here. Okay, so it was released April thirteenth, originally, and was in theaters for a little over a month, a month and seven days until May twentieth. In six markets, domestically, it brought in twenty point uh, eight million. Internet uh, and worldwide, it brought in twenty one point five million. Father Stu Reborn released December 9th. It had a domestic rollout. And it only brought in $205,000. This does not help your case when it comes to wanting to recut something for family audiences. And also, if I would, if th- this is not the movie to do it. I don't think family audiences are really running out to see a Mel Gibson movie. I, I wonder what the idea is here for that. That doesn't scream Christmas movie to me. But censoring things like this <clears throat> doesn't help. And it's not going to make the movie better and it's not going to make you earn any more money. Imagine if, let's see, uh, 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 Spider-Man No Way Home was re-released in theaters. Um, and uh, uh, Avatar two, Avatar was re-released in theaters. At what? At Titanic was re-released in theaters. Multiple times. What? None of those movies were retouched or redone. In fact, I think even Spider-Man No Way Home had more scenes in it. I don't, I, I don't see the point in doing this and really... Do you want people to come and see movies again? 
but differently. Even the people who have done it regret it. Steven Spielberg uh, regrets it. This comes from Variety, written by Zach Scharf. He regrets editing Guns Out of E.T., says no film should be revised for today's standards. That was a mistake. In the original 1982 theatrical cut of the movie, you'll remember when uh, there was a bunch of police on the street in E.T. and Elliot's neighborhood, and uh, they're chasing the kids with the you know the with guns as police do because they're hunting down an alien. I believe in the uh, in the in the re-edit of the movie they replaced the guns with walkie-talkies. Yes, they did. I was correct. Spielberg said that was a mistake. I should have never done that. ET is a product of its era. No film should be revised based on lenses uh, we have we are now based on lenses we are now either voluntarily or being forced to peer through. Yeah. He continues, E.T. was a film that I was sensitive to the fact that the federal agents were approaching kids with firearms exposed, and I thought I would change the guns into walkie-talkies. Years went by, and I changed my own views. I should have never messed with the archives of my own work, and I don't recommend anyone do that. You think George Lucas thinks the same thing because uh, the people miss the puppets in Star Wars? I've, this is a guy who's seen. I won't know. I've seen. I've seen seven Star Wars movies. One, two, three. I've seen the original six. Excuse me. I've seen the original three. Then I saw the prequels. No, I saw the prequels first, and then I saw the original three, and then I saw Rise of Sky. The first one with Ray, and then I saw the one on Andor, Rogue One. Yeah, I tried. I really tried to be a Star Wars person. I do like the bat. Look, I, I look that right. Rogue One was great. Rise, no, excuse me. Rogue One was great. The Bad Batch was great. Clone Wars was great, the TV show. There you go. All of our all our movies are kind of a signpost of where we were when we made them, what the world was like, and what the world was receiving when we got those stories out there. So I really regret having it out there. Uh, I mean, he's right. I it, it, they, they are signal posts of what they were, of the, of the time period. You know, you can go back... And say uh, uh, they treated women poorly, and 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 you know in Western films like in West in westerns, and yeah they sure did. But there are a lot of great westerns where women uh, are are treated uh, fairly well. <laughs> Same thing for indigenous people. You know, there's there's some westerns where they're treated really really well, and um, uh, there's movies that are starring you know. Uh, uh, Black people, Sidney Poitier, in 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 the in the fifties and sixties and seventies, and what's the one where he was the uh, Sidney Poitier? I'm thinking of I'm thinking of a movie, teacher movie, To Sir with Love. That movie, 1967. All the the he was he was at a a, a school in England, and they were all. Uh, uh, you know, it was kind of it was a movie where it's like all these white students looking at this black teacher. It's a great movie. I've, I saw it. Oh my god! I watched To Sir with Love. This is this is the kind of luck I have. I watched To Sir with Love on I think on Turner Classic Movies, and I think two days later Sidney Poitier died, and I was like, I just saw that movie. <laughs> you think I did it? I'm gonna watch The Apprentice later. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
Oh my God. That's very funny. But we shouldn't go back and change things. Acknowledge that they, you can acknowledge that they're different to what we think now, but going back and changing things really hurts what they are to history. Because if we go back and change things, then when we go back in the history book and say, uh, well, I mean, I mean, that's what essentially what um, uh, Southern schools, uh, Texas schools in Texas, schools in Florida, that's what they're saying with, uh, you know, uh, uh, history books. You know, slavery didn't exist. <laughs> no one was ever racist for fighting for America. Yeah. That's it. Don't change anything. Listen, if you like what you heard here, head to the website, cpluscomedy.com, where you can see me talk to your to famous people, such as Luke Monez, Kurt Fuller, Jenny Zagrino, India De Beaufort, Lyric uh, Lewis, <laughs> Stephanie Weir, Ron Funches, Craig Ferguson, Maria Bamford, Jimmy Pardo. I talk to people. Matt Bronger, Kyle Kinane. I talk to people. There's sometimes it's on video. Uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? What else? Um, 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 if you want to see a video version of this podcast, youtube.com slash comedy. As well as the other video versions of the of podcasts, including Late Night Lately, the late night, late, late, late night show show. <laughs> it's a late night uh, podcast where I talk about late night shows. And I also have LinkedIn Logs, which is the leading um business podcast where I try to be a leaked influencer slash only fan and the interviews and all this stuff. Uh, news time is on youtube.com slash C plus comedy. It's like the daily show, except where that's funny. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok at C plus comedy, me at chat black white. Thank you for listening. I appreciate a rate review. Tell your friends about this. Goodbye. Goodbye.